Sounds good. Alright. What is up, players? It is now time for a new game plus the internet's 82nd leading gaming podcast. I am your host, moderator, and question asker. Yeah, that's a real thing. Uh, the Perpetual Player One, aka Dan. And with me this week is. Hello, I'm back. Name, please. My name is Ashley. I've come to invade again. And joining me this week also is. Akil Trifecta, also known as Antonio. And guys, I brought you here today because there is a little game or ex- expansion for a game for a slightly well-known MMO called Final Fantasy XIV. Have you guys heard of it? <laughs> just, just a little bit. I may, I may play a uh, couple dozen hours, hundred hours. <laughs> I mean, how many level 70 characters do you guys have? Uh, four or five. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard of this game. Uh, <laughs> and here, there's our bullshit meter right there. I have okay. the alts. <laughs> so, yeah. So Shadowbringers is coming out in, as of recording, less than two weeks away. Uh, everyone is super excited for this expansion. It's the numbers for the of uh, 14 have gone exponentially up. People are preparing themselves for just the biggest cra- server crash because that's what happens. It seems to happen every year yep. or every time. Yep. And I just... I have to give myself a quick background here. I have tried multiple times, as she can attest to this, to get into Final Fantasy fourteen. I've had like five different free trials, and it just never clicked for me. I don't know why. I, I play the game, I go through the quest, I turn in the quest, and I don't get enjoyment of it. So I guess the point of this episode is I want to explore what is it about MMOs that are so appealing that makes you guys want to spend so much time playing a always active game. So I don't know how we're gonna do this, but why don't you guys go ahead and actually why don't you explain like what is it you love about MMOs or just Final Fantasy in general? Like what is it about this game that appeals to you? Well, first off, you're a lamer. Uh, <laughs> wow, we're just kind of starting off on a strong note. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna cut Thank that. You. What gets me into this game is basically the story, the um, in fact with all the end game content like raiding. It isn't just about raiding; you can also decorate your house, play with your friends, go treasure hunting. In fact, that I haven't been really this much into Final, Final Fantasy until I actually got into this game. Really? Yep. Well, because nine is my favorite Final Fantasy, but I actually never kept up with all the Final Fantasy games. I tried to. Uh, Get into 12, I dropped it. I hated 13. I uh, dropped both 7, I mean, 10 and 10 too, because I just got stuck. And the only Final Fantasy game that's not this MMO that I have beaten was Dirge's Cerberus. <laughs> and 9. And that barely counts. <laughs> but, so what is it about... Okay, let's, since you kind of mentioned the story, like, what is it about the lore, the world, world the setting of Final Fantasy 14 that appeals to you so much? Mm, let's say the NPCs, the impact that you get in the story, like you actually feel like you are the warrior of light. So um, this is a type of game that makes you feel like your char- your player character is actually important, not just one of many. Yeah. Uh, sorry, go ahead, keep going. And 
basically you can play with friends. But yeah, the story is basically what uh, hits me the most. Okay, what about uh, you, Antonio? Um, for me, it's it's honestly about a sense of community. Hmm. Um, I uh, my one of my online friends actually turned me on to this game um, originally. And then I realized that a couple of friends from college played. And so I ended up joining their world and turn, then it turns out that one of the people at my work uh, was like, Oh, you play final fantasy 14. How crazy we play on this server. And I'm like, Oh, I play on that server. And so like mm-hmm. it, it, it just grew into this collection of people that I had already known. I got to know them again through this game or just like know a different side of them through the game. And then in turn, uh, people that I have met within the game have become close friends in my real life. So it's this really cool, like two way street of just building more relationships and like just getting to know more people that share your mindset. Mm-hmm. Would you say you've had a similar experience, Ashley? Yep. Can you expl- can you get elaborate on that? Let's see. When I first heard about fourteen, I knew it was pay to play, and I was kind of against that. Like I was really not into it, considering I played other MMOs that were all free to play. But um, basically, I found out my friend Jasmine and a few of my old my old fan dubbing voice acting community friends were playing it. So I decided to join their server just to particularly hide from everybody else who was telling me to join their goddamn server. And I uh, started to uh, get to know people a little bit more, seeing like Anio, Anio, Antonio. Eh, I cannot talk. Antonio said, <laughs> like, you see the different sides of your friends that you're not used to seeing and building in strong bonds that. Though there are a couple of times where I had to go into hiding from other creepy players. We'll get to like stuff about that later on. Yeah. Um, let me ask you guys this when did you guys actually start playing final fantasy when did you guys hop in oh geez uh i hopped in around patch 2.1 so you weren't there for vanilla i was not there for 1.0 i'm glad i wasn't there for 1.0 from what i hear it 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 was the worst it was mm -hmm. and you ashley uh, let's see, when I started, I want to say I was close to, oh god, it was really close to the end of Heaven's Sword. It was like right before you had to fight the Griffith, which I cannot remember which patch that was. I think it was 3.4 or 3.5. Yeah, I think 3.4 was Warriors of Darkness, and then 3.5 was the two point, the two-parter one. Yeah. So you guys, you guys have been in there for a while. <laughs> Mm-hmm. all right um so i don't know from for me you know the the cycle of hey you know do this quest kill these many things get as many things and turn in like it just didn't really have an appeal to me it, it didn't it never really kept me how did how do you guys still stay so like engaged with the game when it's from what i can tell it's kind of repetitive tolerance. what was that <laughs> tolerance Oh, oh, you just have a to- high tolerance for it. Well, Honestly, looking back, uh, yeah, a, a lot of the, I will say, uh, a lot of the original 2.0 and the 2.x story leading up to Heaven's Word 
um, compared to Heaven's Word and Beyond is super slow and super like it's a, it's a, it's a slog essentially. Um, and I the I think the only reason why I managed to persevere was one because I really wanted to level up and play with my friends who were higher level, and two, um, I was immersed enough into the story to like be like okay i'm doing these mundane things right now but you know the last time this happened like there was a big primal attack and and there was some drama so i just gotta get to the next point and then the story will be interesting again yeah that was my thing with arr like um when i started i actually was kind of just losing a little disinterest the only thing that probably kept me going was my friends going on a random pilgrimage with me and chasing me all over the place to get these quests done but it's just like, I want to say maybe towards the end of ARR is when I was finally kind of just starting to get interested in the story mostly. So it sounds like to me, one of the best ways to get through that initial hump of like the repetitive nature of the game is to be or be surround yourself with people who are encouraging you to keep on or encourage or forcing you to keep going along. You know, obviously, you guys, you guys are really deep into 14. Um, do either of you two have any other history with any other MMOs? Have any guys dabbled in the big ones like, say, WoW or Guild Wars? Or what have you guys? What other games have you guys played? First uh, off, you unpause yourself, Dan. No, no, no. The Craig was always recording. Oh, okay. I, I, I was using the silence as a mental note of where to edit around. Okay. Okay. Um, I guess before fourteen, I was into both. Um. Battelle and I was a beta tester for our Kingdom for a bit. So these were some free to play uh, browser based MMOs, right? Or, I mean, um, free to play, free to download MMOs, right? Yes. Okay. Our Kingdom came out, I want to say a year after. No. Few, what if it came out? 2010? 2013? I think so. I think twenty around twenty thirteen. I can, we can do I can fact check that. So keep on going. Yeah, so it came out I think Or Kingdom came out before fourteen or during the time of fourteen. And um I was actually a beta tester for it. I was um was a couple of my friends. Fourteen came uh in twenty ten. Twenty ten, okay. So Our Kingdom came out in twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen, okay. So Our Kingdom came out in twenty thirteen. Which um yeah, I was actually towards, yeah, it was towards, like, around Reborn then. Um, so when Aura Kingdom came out, I was a beta tester from it. I actually heard from it from a friend of mine who was like, hey, you need to try this MMO out. We can all play it. And surprisingly, I have a good PC now, or a PC, I had a good PC back then, so I could play it. So we all did, the, we all signed up, we all did the beta test. Um, and it was actually a pretty fun game, and the only problem I actually had with the game during the beta te- during and after the beta test was the fact that the grinding, once you hit level 40, became a chore just to get up to the next level. I felt like I was more grinding to continue the story and to get to the next area than I was trying to enjoy it with my friends. Let me ask you this. Since it was free to play, was there a way you can, like pay to win was there a way to spend money to like improve stats or something like that yeah there was microtransactions um 
it was kind of, I want to say it was kind of like Gotcha in a way where if you really want, like they had this cute little magical girl outfit and this gothic Alita outfit that I was trying my hardest to get on my character. And um, basically you have to spend like a certain amount of money. You get these little tickets or envelope thingies and you would spend them and you would try to get your way up to a certain thing with this like a kind of little mini game. And if you match like the lines, you could get like your magical girl outfit or your gothic Alita outfit, but it was a pain in the butt. You were spending more money trying to get these cosmetics mm. than you, you could on um like weapons or like things that could help you boost your character but like i said that whole game itself was like it was grindy towards level 40 up to level 62 is like i know at one point when i was playing the game i would finish the story and then be, after being a part of level and they say all right now you gotta be this next level and what would you say is the big difference in terms of like the community of the two games what's different between the community of or kingdom versus say final fantasy Horror Kingdom was... I don't really can say much about that community because I didn't actually stick with them. I think they mm. were more quiet at the time, more subtle, just more like, hey, let's just chill. Whereas the community of 14, you got, you know, I got all times. times it's very time. vocal from what I hear, and I hear like a lot. Vocal. What about you, Antonio? What other uh, MMOs have you played? Oh, God. Uh, oh, here. here comes the big list. <laughs> let's see here. Uh, I think I started with RuneScape back in wow. the day, back in high school. Wow! I, I did original Maple Story for a little bit, um, and then went over, did a little bit of Ion, and <laughs> a tiny, tiny bit of RO. Went back to Maple Story when the XP rates were better. Still didn't like it as much. Uh, went over to this game called Perfect World International. Ended up being a moderator for their forums for a little bit. And then uh, um, after that, I had quit MMOs just outright for the longest time until uh, I finally decided, you know what, maybe a pay to play uh, MMO would be better. And, and lo and behold, it, it, I'm, this is probably going to be the one game that I keep on playing until they shut the servers down. So yeah. I, want to, I want to break that down some a bit here. So a lot. So every game you listed before that, those were all free to play games, also. Yes. What would you say about them that just what was what drove you away from those games exactly? Can you try to pinpoint what it was exactly? Uh, let's see, with with RuneScape, it was I had done what I had wanted to do, which was get like a high level in this certain stat and like this really cool armor that I was aiming for. And once I got it, I'm like, cool. Now what? Okay. I guess I can grind these other stats. Eh. Um, <laughs> with Maple story, it was always just the grind. Just, just like with, um, or kingdom it, like after a while, it just, it gets to you and you're just like, I'm not having fun anymore. You're like, you're, chasing to try and get to that next big thing there's i think there it is right there i think a lot for after a certain point all those games they stopped being fun for you guys is again yeah. am i wrong saying that mm -hmm. it turned more into a chore than a game yeah and how would you say final fantasy avoided doing that for you guys the amount of content that you can do um the fact that you can uh there are some players 
that will only level one combat class for story, but will focus on crafting, focus on gathering, focus on because that is an entirely different section of the game in and of itself. Um, there are some people who do nothing but combat and raiding. There's people who focus on decorating houses, on role play. On, like there's so much that you can do that it almost feels overwhelming to look at it all. But if you focus on sections that you're interested in, there's a little bit of everything for most pl- for most players. Ironically, as you said, decorating housing, I'm actually on 14 decorating <laughs> my FC. <laughs> actually, I expected to have a hundred percent focus on my podcast right now, guys. Come on. Listen. <laughs> Glamour game is life though. It is. <laughs> Housing and glamour is where it's at, man. I don't think any of our listeners are currently playing a game while listening to us, right? Right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> but no, it's exactly what Antonio said. Like, Aura Kingdom was a huge turnoff because of the grind. Latell, I dropped because of personal reasons. Would Adventure Quest count as MMO or no? I would say, yeah. That one I dropped, and I can't remember why I dropped it, but I think I just forgot all about it. But uh, yeah, basically what he said was it has more content to do. There's more things for you to do. Like you beat MSQ. Okay, what what do I do for the rest of the thing? Well, there's the savage and ultimate ratings you can do. Like you can like they have like a side story. Like they have this one right now for Stormblood that is the four lords. You fight eat, fight three of the four lords, and um, you can do the extreme versions afterwards, and you can raid those. Or if you want, you can just goof around with your FC or your friends and do treasure maps and you can get like glam items or you get mats to make these items or you can get like little minions and mounts or you can just uh, do like some people like to do climb uh, heavens on high or palace of dead. Would that be considered? I think that's considered like kind of a dungeon crawler where you just try to meet from one from floor one to floor 400 or 200. Mm-hmm. So Okay, obviously, you know, Final Fantasy is probably like the second most well-known. I, I don't quote me on this. The second most well-known MMO. What is it about this game that kind of like catches you out and say other games like say World of Warcraft or other pay-to-play? I mean, pay subscription-based MMOs. Why didn't you ever guys like even blink at WoW? I always felt that. I I always felt restricted by wow and by that i mean specifically with the character system where when you roll a character you choose their race and you choose their class and you know you go horde or alliance um and that that character is stuck as that class um what really brought me over to 14 was the fact that you can make one character and as you go through the story you can actually you you learn to be able to swap classes. So your one character can be a tank class, can be a healer, can be a DPS. You know, you can fill all these roles. You just have to put in a little bit of work to grind each one of them up and gear them up. And you, Ashley? Well, basically never caught my interest just because I'm very picky on what kind of games I play. Like, it has to be a story that catches me. It has to be like the character models that catch me. So the aesthetic didn't appeal to you. 
Yeah, the sex didn't appeal to me at all, so I never actually got into it. Though, ironically, I like one of their songs from that game. <laughs> and I'll listen to it nonstop. But um, it was basically, you can be uh, different races. Like, you don't get stuck to be just one race if you're like, I'm an Aura. Well, I'm tired of being an Aura. I'm going to go be a tiny little potato. Fantasia's, I'm a tiny little potato now. And I can be a potato ninja or I can be a potato tank or something. Like, you can be whatever you want in this. Like, you get more creativity. Not in much of the character customization, but, it, like, with glam and all that, you get, like, more freedom to do what you want to be, be what you want to be, do what you want to do. Hmm. Yeah. So, one of the things I'm fascinating about the culture around Final Fantasy XIV is, even though I'm not really into it, is whenever I see one Final Fantasy player, and my biggest example is Ashley, meet someone who, ran, who randomly find, who she randomly finds out plays Final Fantasy fourteen. also, suddenly for me it's like they're speaking a whole other language. I have no idea what the hell they're talking about, but the way they get so excited about sharing stories or sharing builds or sharing information on each other's stuff, it's like, and I think that's probably the thing I'm most envious about how you guys are so into this game. That um, it's just like the moment you find someone else who's into the game, it's an instant like it's an instant bond over moment. That's true, but I would argue that that's true of really a lot of other titles. I mean, you think hmm. of somebody who you know you play um, other games like like Overwatch or even non multiplayer hmm. games like uh, Sekiro. Uh, you know, you play someone's like, oh, man, you, you just started Sekiro. You know, where are you at? What boss are you at? You know, what what uh, weapons are you using? You know, what do you think of this fight? What do you think of that fight? Um, I just feel like it's a it's another flavor of, of that sort of uh, implicit hmm. camaraderie in being part of a fan base like that. Yeah, but I don't think Sekiro is getting a, a big convention every two years. I mean, it could. <laughs> <laughs> Should. <laughs> and so I, something I kind of want to touch on there is like an event like FanFest. Now, I know you've been to at least one FanFest, Antonio? Yes. What is the atmosphere at, place, at events like those? Um, It's... It's hard to describe. Like other, than, like it, it feels like you belong, and mm. and I guess what I mean by that is is you'll you'll walk in, and immediately I I remember walking into the the Paris Convention Center, and or I think it was Bally's. It was it was one of the two. But uh, walking into that convention center with me and my FC mates, actually, uh, we all just grouped together and went in, and we were completely taken aback. There was um, all this uh, Stormblood stuff, you know, playing on the on the on the things. You saw Cactars and Moogles, people in cosplay. I actually was also in cosplay the first day, um, and so I had some people. Uh, running up to me like oh i love your black mage outfit like it's so cool and like these people who i had never seen before just immediately like you don't even have to ask them do you play 14 they just immediately run up to you and you're like what's your server or you know what do you play or where where are you at in story it's like 
it's kind of like that that implicit camaraderie feeling that I had mentioned before, mm-hmm. but without the need to ask about it. Like you're guaranteed to make a new friend by talking to somebody there. And I feel like I just made Ashley super jealous about that, what you just talked about. Ashley, okay? <laughs> I really wish I could have gone. There's, yeah. there's another two years. It's going to happen. I know. Hopefully, I was- this time they won't screw her in tickets. Yeah, that's the, that's the one thing that I disliked about this year. Um, for for anybody who who happens to want to to know, um, Square Enix botched their ticket sales system, and originally they were limiting the amount. They had said that they were going to limit the amount of tickets that each person can buy. I think it was to like four, um, but during the day that the tickets went on sale, it turns out that that limit wasn't actually being upheld by the ticket salesman or the ticket vendor. And because of that, all the tickets got swept up in like, I think it was 10 minutes, 30 minutes actually in, in the, yeah, in the span of 30 minutes and square wasn't going to do anything to refund them or open more slots or anything. So people were just out of luck and it was, wasn't the best way I would say it should be handled, but I also don't know of a solution that would adequately handle it. So basically, yeah, it's like they said tickets go sell at 12 p.m. I was part. I remember doing this whole thing, this process, and I was actually pretty pissed about it myself. They had people go in there at 12 o'clock. Like people were sitting there as soon as thing. You'd be sitting there for almost like 30 minutes or five minutes or whatever and you'd be like okay why is this taking forever taking forever the moment some of us got in who were there like at 12 o'clock on the dot we would get to the thing that says tickets were sold out and we're just like what (laughs) (laughs) it's like they haven't even been up that long tickets were sold out and people had these codes and we also found out the site had also crashed and was letting people who did not have codes get in and buy the tickets and a lot of us were kind of pissed because soon my fc mates got their tickets but i couldn't go oh jeez. but yeah like the code it was like it was a huge mess like people without codes were getting in we had uh scalpers snipers bots everybody trying to get those tickets but try to trying to spin this i'm trying mean, let me do my pr positivity spin here it only goes to show how popular final fantasy 14 has gotten over the past couple of years that so many people want to go to these special events and we will do our best to try to make sure that anyone tries to can enjoy manifest the next two years from now <laughs> sorry i had to do it you know i square think i think square does have an opening for pr if you want <laughs> square enix if you're listening to this podcast i He's your man. <laughs> Their opinions is not mine. Their opinions are not mine. <laughs> I, I talk about. I love Final Fantasy fourteen. I play it all the. No, I can't do it. <laughs> I, I have a feeling that they've taken this to uh, to heart. It, it definitely feels like something that they've learned from. And I remember their statement afterwards that they were going to look for uh, ways to validate everything is working the way they want to before they push things to production. You mentioned something there when they said they listened to feedback. I want to bring this into there. Um, so one of the biggest like appeals of MMOs in general is like, especially pay-to-play ones, is where when you had developers who are always active, always trying to improve the game. And would you say that Final Fantasy is top level of that, like them listening to complaints and working to fix them as soon as possible? Mm, yes and no. 
Yes and no. Please keep on going with that. Uh, say there is a lot of things that have been issue have been an issue since I've started and are barely getting fixed now. Where like there are other issues that will just get fixed right away. Like they'll if there's like a bug, they'll immediately take care of the bug. If there's like a obviously you need a balancing problem, they'll take care of the balancing problems. But if it's like minor problems, like why can't we have a balcony now? They still haven't done that. There's um. Problems with bots, and there's always going to be problems with bots with MMOs, where it's like you try to take care of the best you can. Then we got RMT people who basically, for those who don't know, real money trading, who basically buy money that are being sold by other people and is uh, breaking the system, and they will get banned right away. But the effort is being shown at the very least, right? Yeah, the effort is being shown. Like, you can see it. Like, literally, Yoshi P needs a goddamn break. He needs to go up to a high ass mountain somewhere and just rest. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a rest. And same with the developers. They like they put they actually care about their player base. Mm. And it shows. And it shows, yeah. So obviously when talking about some of the positives of MMOs, um, what would you say some of the, like some of the negatives of being such a so into an MMO game? The toxicity. Please please uh, elaborate on that. There are players who can be very toxic. Like you, there are people. There are different kinds of players. There are the elitists. There are the casuals, and then there are just people who just don't give a flying fuck and just want to enjoy themselves. And uh, you'll meet those different kinds. The ones that have the most toxic, I would say, are basically the elitist people who are basically want. If you don't know what your fuck you're doing in your class, you're going to get attacked, or you're going to get something that's. Or they'll use a third-party program called ACT ACT, which helps you parse, which looks at your DPS of where you need to be in numbers. And if you're you're one of those players, I just, I'm having a good time. I'm just here just to get the things done. And you get that one fucking asshole. They'll basically go, your DPS is like this. You're shit. Your numbers need to be here. Why are you even playing? Oh, my God. Can you just do this? Instead of just doing that, why are you, why can't you just want to play your play your class properly? So there's a lot of people who seem who are very try hard and don't know how to stay in their own lane. Yeah, basically toxic players. Like I'm in a Facebook mm. group and you see the toxic the toxic players go like crazy. It's bad. Mm. Have you ever encountered anything like that, Antonio? Oh, absolutely. I, oh, I, feel, I feel that that is a thousand yard <laughs> stare. Put the audio right there. <laughs> I like just just that's funny because actually just the other uh, just the other week I was doing um, an eight person like raid uh, with some FC people. And the uh, the way that the, the the groups were split up is that there's two tanks two healers and four DPS. And usually the mechanics of the fight requires both tanks to work in sync, you know, as a team. Um, But this other tank um, didn't like the team makeup that we had. So he killed himself and just wouldn't accept any revives that were thrown his way. And it's like, I'm like, okay, I I guess. Like, this wasn't even a savage or anything. It was just your normal story thing. I'm just like, that's like that's you just ruined seven other people's fun. You know, yeah. I hope you are proud of yourself for wasting 30 minutes of your time. 
Hmm. So as, yeah, it sounds like it only takes one person to ruin the fun of everyone else's. Yeah, just yesterday I had an asshole tank who uh, would, who basically just pulled everything before I could get my healer stuff ready. And I have a macro that's basically a condom joke. And I've had that macro for about a year and people, and he was the first one to say, you might, you might want to change that macro before you get reported, even though everyone laughs at that macro. <laughs> hmm. um, so obviously there's, you, you can look at the internet and there's numerous horror stories of people growing addicted to MMOs, wasting their lives in MMOs. Obviously you two, I would consider you guys casual players. How do you guys maintain that balance of like you know enjoying the game and being sure to to take care of real real life stuff what's your guys's method of uh, doing that uh, realizing when it's starting to affect your like actual real life schedules and stuff um i wasn't always uh i wasn't always as casual of a player uh i actually remember staying up until like 2 a.m. for uh, the Heavensward release. And actually, like, um, you know, I, I took the day off and I played dang near constantly for that, like, entire release day. Um, and I really ended up not having a lot to show for it because there was a lot of, like, congestion and, like, traffic. And it just wasn't. It, it wasn't really the most fun experience. And so I sat there like, man, I just burned a whole PTO day that I could have spent just actually relaxing, doing nothing on the game that I wanted to play. Mm. Um, and even before that, in other MMOs, I remember um, like with, with specifically with Perfect World, um, I remember uh getting a paycheck and looking at it like, Oh, I can spend like one or $200 on this pay to win currency thing. Um, and like nowadays I'll like drop like maybe 40 or something bucks on like some glamor stuff in like a 14 shop because it's pretty and I really want it. Um, but I'm never going to do something like that nuts. Cause it's like that's two hundred dollars that I could have saved for dinners, for games, for like stuff that wasn't just immediate gratification things. And like it was around that time that I realized that I actually wasn't having that much fun in that game anyway. Um, but in terms of in terms of keeping a, a good work uh, game life balance, I would say. Um, Keep an eye on your own self. Notice when it's starting to get more of a chore and less of a game. Mm. Um, and always, always mm. take care of real life priorities first. Because in the end, it is a game. What, what about you, Ashley? I would say it's mostly uh, learning when to stop and putting the game down. Like you said, um, take care of yourself. Um, Keep an eye. If you, honestly, if it looks like it's getting to like progression, like you're stressing out, you're obviously not uh, doing what you want to do. That's making what made this game enjoyable. First, it's like you need to put the game down, walk away, go read a book, go draw, go hang out with friends, 
eat a snack with your drinking water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like people who work, it's like, yeah, you get all this free time, but you also need to realize that you can't just stay up the entire night and have it affect your like sleeping schedule, your work schedule. <laughs> Or like if you're in a, like me, I'm in a relationship with Dan. If I had spent more time on the game, I probably wouldn't be in a relationship with him. Oh, I expect to not see you for the next couple of days when Storm Shadowbringers comes out. Don't worry. Oh, no, you're not going to see me for a week, but I'm talking about. <laughs> I've accepted that fate already. But like that's that's also like the release of a new expansion and everyone's yes. excited. Not like a, you know, oh, I'm sorry. I'm ignoring you for my game for the next you know, two weeks because months. yeah, because whatever. Yeah. It's like, sorry, it's more important. I need to clear this savage content. Ashley, it's our anniversary. <laughs> I'm sorry, the anniversary got the way I have to beat this ultimate. <laughs> by, mm-hmm. an, by definition, they can't, but okay. Um, wow. Uh, thanks for sharing that, guys. Um, so, let's say I'm a new player and I practically am for all intents and purposes. What advice? And let's stick in the Final Fantasy here. What's some like? What's some advice that you wish you were told when you first started the game? Mm. Mm. Let me think about that one. Uh, Don't worry, I can edit out any silence. What was the question again? What advice? Do, would you that you would give to a beginner player that you wish you got when you first started the game? It can be like work balance of life advice. It can be like mechanics advice, how to enjoy the game more. Anything that you wish you knew when you first started the game. Somebody that somebody taught you. It's funny because I'm a mentor in the game, <laughs> and those who so, don't know what mentor is, mentor is basically if you played the game, you've gotten like seven, three seventy classes from like a tank, a healer, a DPS, and you've gotten 300 comps, and you've also gotten Grand Thousand Dungeons, you become a mentor, which honestly is not that fucking hard to do. Just gotta put in time for it. So would you say for a beginner player, definitely seek out those mentors? Yeah, seek out the mentors. There are going to be careful on your mentors. We do have a novice network for the new players that where you can meet both the mentors and new players, and they can give you advice, ask just don't be afraid to ask questions. We'll help to we'll help you answer them. If you have trouble with your classes, like say example, Dan, you're in my FC and you're playing, let's say Warrior, because I know Warrior. You could like come up to me and I could tell you like how to set up your hotbar, your rotations, what you need to start with, what's your opener, and I'd say practice on a dummy because. The problem we have right now is new players are getting the jump potions, which jump potions are great. Don't get me wrong, but they are better if you have an alt character and you know how to play the class already. If you just jump right into getting a jump potion because you want to catch up to your friend or your girlfriend or whoever and don't want to go through the story content and don't want to go through the grind, it's better to practice your class in the Palace of the Dead. So you just have a better understanding and do not go into higher raid dungeons right off the bat. Because people, they, will, they will notice and they will eat you alive. They will notice you. They will snap at you. Um, they will automatically ask you if you're a jump potion person. Because if you're in a level 60 dungeon and you don't know how to fucking tank, you should not be in that fucking dungeon <laughs> at all. You should be out there practicing your class first. All right, Tony, did you come up with anything? 
Um, yeah. So I would say pick, um, find a class that you think is interesting and stick with that. If you are finding that the class that you're playing isn't what you want, don't be afraid to just drop it, to just drop it completely and switch to a new one from scratch and start and level back up from there. Um, I got lucky and I, uh, I remember I was, I was torn between like one or two magic using classes because I love casters. Um, and I didn't know exactly the mechanics of either class. So I went with the one that sounded cooler. And it turns out that one became Black Mage, which is my main. Um, but the other class was uh, a pet class that was, uh, goes into summoner essentially um and if i had started with that one i might have tried to stick with it but i might have been like complaining a lot of the way so it would have been if if that was the case it would have been nice to hear you know oh hey you can just swap your class don't worry about it you can make this your new main and it'll be fine you know feel free to take the time to experiment with this different classes if you're curious and once you get a handle on one class don't be afraid to jump into um, territory that you feel is unknown. Like up until this point, I've always played damage dealing casters. I have never played a tank and I've never played a healer. Um, but because of the ease of switching classes, uh, it, it, I just felt like, you know what? I can give this a shot and figure out. And actually tanking and healing are some of my favorite things to do in this MMO. Yeah. So it sounds like a common thread among all that was if you, if you, if you have friends who play this game, join, uh, ask them to help you. It's always better to start off with a friend than on solo, it seems. Yes. Yeah, that's basically like he said, like, I started out as Dragoon. Like, Dragoon has been a gag, has been like a joke class because people always die because they don't know how to properly play Dragoon. And I actually got a lot of shit for it, but luckily... During that time, there was a dungeon run. I actually met my mentor, Ruffy, and Ruffy was the first person to not be an asshole and actually found out we were both in the same server, and he came up to me saying, let me help you. Let me teach you how to do your class. And because of him, I know how to play Dragoon better. And when I was finally comfortable with Dragoon, I accidentally kind of unlocked uh, Astrologian, which is a healer class. And I was having a grand time. Like, I loved healing it. And then I tried out Warrior because my FC needed more tanks. And I was enjoying Warrior because I didn't feel like I needed much uh, thought process half the time. Or All right. So, oh, see, I go Yeah. So before we end the podcast, I just want to ask, like, do you, any either you two have, like, any fun, funny, or heartwarming MMO stories in your history of the game that you want to share with the podcast? Um, it can be in real life meetings, something like that, or just the or the community you guys uh, became a part of. I think my favorite thing that I've loved doing is um, I've gone to the eternal bonding ceremony of multiple friends of mine. Uh, one couple um, is a, are two people that I've met in fourteen. Uh, that I've transferred into real life friends. And then um, I actually had a couple of friends recently who got married in real life and then got married in the game. And it was really heartwarming to be able to attend their digital ceremony 
as our characters and st- like it was like a second wedding that we could actually go to without having to pay for a flight or anything or worry about you know stuff like that um so that that was just a, a really nice little uh moment of time by you ashley Mm, I could say possibly the FC I'm currently with on my new server because at the time I was actually trying to, I was doing with a player who was completely obsessed and infatuated with my character. Don't know why, but it was kind of getting to the point of creepiness. So I went into hiding and um, I met my new FC on Mateus and they were just a bunch of lovable little goofballs and they would help me. We would have like all these crazy moments. Like we would literally like race to Shiragani Tower to see if we can get to get to the top first, and then we would jump off. And while we were doing that, um, one of the FC mates, my FC leader's a little brother, would play crazy music, just just to annoy it. But it was all out of goodwill. And I say these guys were probably like, the best people, and. Um, They've actually gotten my back a lot. Like they stuck up for me. Like there's times where I'll be like down and they've like come and say, Hey, what's up? Or they'll just chew other players off for me. I think what a lot of general people will overlook is that playing games like MMOs gives you a chance to to make some actual real real life real friendships. And a lot of people tend to forget about that. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to thank you two for joining me. I think I have a better understanding of the appeal of not just Final Fantasy, but MMOs in general. So where can people find you? Uh, your social. This is the plug section of the podcast. <laughs> don't go all at once. <laughs> I don't care who goes first. I'll ask you first. Okay. So, Antonio, where can people find you? Um... Oh, so, uh, you can find me on Twitch, actually, on uh, twitch.tv slash AKL Trifecta, as well as uh, Facebook and Twitter, also AKL Trifecta there. And Ashley? You guys can find me on twitch.tv slash AkaUA, where I'll stream randomly at times. I never announce my streams. I should really fix that <laughs> eventually. <laughs> um or you can also find me on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash astrologer, or Instagram, which is also astrologer as well. Do you want to plug your uh, Final Fantasy fourteen Instagram? Oh, yeah. I also have a Final Fantasy fourteen Instagram because apparently a lot of people, a lot of players really do this, and they're actually pretty fun to look for. Um, if you want to, you can find me on Instagram, which would be ayesha.dove.ff14. I'll be sure to link in the description for this episode. All right, guys. uh, Thank you again so much for joining us. No problem. Thank you so much for having us. You guys have been amazing. Um, So again, if you're you're listening to New Game Plus, it's a gaming culture podcast. If you guys have liked what you listened to, please leave us a rating, comment, subscription, and it really will help us grow. Um, And, you know, I have so much fun doing this because I get to explore so many different sides and so many different things about gaming that I have never seen before. So once again, listener, thank you guys so much for pressing that play button on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you guys get your podcasts. Uh, you guys are going to go out there and you're going to do some amazing things. And be sure to take care of yourselves. And until next time, I'm Dan, the Perpetual Player One. And thank you guys so much for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye. Yeah.